Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Shelly and I were watching a program called The Good Doctor. I don't know if you've watched it or not, but it's about how a group of doctors go to a South American or Central American country. And episode one is uh, episode one is Venga, which means go. And episode two is Vamos, come. Or no, sorry, the other one, it's the other way around. Venga, come, and Vamos, go. And it's all about how they come there and then they go. And as I'm watching that, I thought, hey. That's my sermon for tonight. They stole my theme because tonight I want to talk to you about the ongoing nature of the kingdom of God. You dare not think that the Christian life and the Christian walk is boring because it's a continuous flow of coming and going. Jesus set it up that way. So let me help you a little bit that, uh, tonight as we take a look at what it is that a Christian life uh, should be and how you never need to feel bored because we are constantly coming and going in the kingdom of God. Jesus never said, come and sit. He never said, come and eat. He never said, come and wait. He said a lot of things about coming. We want to look at some of those. Come, venga, that's the Spanish word for it. Jesus said, come to me. The first invitation that you had once you be, before you were a believer was Jesus telling you, inviting you, come to me. We see in Matthew 18, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus says to each and every one of us, he starts the process by saying, Come, come to me. In fact, in Revelation 22, Jesus says, Whosoever will, that's King James for whoever, whoever will may Come, Jesus wants us to come to him. Then Jesus says, uh, come away, come out of what is wrong, sinful thinking, the, the, the wrong values of this world, destructive behaviors, come out of that. Second Corinthians 6.14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be partners with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And therefore, for that reason, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, people get messed up on this verse. Come out from among them. You shouldn't associate with unbelievers and whatever. And that's not exactly, I believe, what the scripture is saying here. What it, God is really saying is come out from what will defile you. Come out from the world's philosophies, the, the not of God philosophies, so that they don't change you because you already know that what you put in here is what comes out of you. And so God is saying, come to me, but also as you come to me, come out of those things that defile you. That's one of the reasons it's so hard for so many people to live the Christian life. Because you come to Jesus, you get salvation, heaven is your eternal home, but you don't come out from those things that keep you from repenting and turning and living a holy life. So Jesus says, come to me. But then he says, come out from those things that will make it more difficult for you. And this is important because God always calls us from something. 
but he also always calls us to something. For example, Isaiah 55, Jesus said, or Jesus didn't say, uh, I think I have that wrong in there. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, Isaiah said it. Even if you, Jesus will say it in a little bit. Even if you have no money. So in other words, this has been paid for for you. Don't worry about the fact that you don't deserve it. You can't pay for it. Just come. Are you thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. And then he goes on and says again, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Now, that's not a verse that says it's okay to drink wine or that you ought to drink milk. What he's doing is contrasting. It's not just water, which you need to sustain your life, but what Christ has for us is wine and milk to strengthen us, to cheer us, to nourish us. It's more than just water. It's everything you need. And what it really signifies is spiritual blessings. Everything you need, come to me for that, and I will give it to you. He goes on to say, why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that doesn't do you any good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Verse 3, again, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. You will live, in other words, forever. Listen to me, and you will find life. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised to David. If we'll just come to him... From those things, we come to the wonderful things that Christ has for us, that God has for us. Jesus calls us from that which doesn't stay satisfying to that which will satisfy us forever. I think that's worth coming for, don't you? He's a good God. He's good to us. Jesus also says to each and every one of us, as he did to Lazarus, come forth, come here, come out here. In other words, move Don't stay comfortable in your grave. I often wondered what would have happened if Lazarus had just stayed in the grave when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I mean, it would have been an anticlimactic story, but Lazarus would have missed out on life. And Jesus is saying to us, come forth, come out. I have life for you. I want you to have life. John 11, 43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Some of the dead people in this room need to hear that and come alive as well. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus wasn't just calling Lazarus from the place of death. He was calling Lazarus from death to life. And that's the call that he gives to each and every one of us from spiritual death because of sin to spiritual life, abundant spiritual life, not just eternal life, but life in the spirit and life in the blessing of God, a second chance. Come away from death and come to life, come forth. When Jesus calls you and when he calls me from sin and from death, he calls us to life, to live. That account of Lazarus is in there so that Jesus could be shown to be the son of God and so that God could be glorified. He told them that's why he had waited. But it was also so that Lazarus could have life returned to him so that he could live. Beloved, I want to tell you tonight, Jesus didn't just save you. Jesus didn't just call you forth so that you can sit and wait for him to come again. He called you so you could live 
And he calls each and every one of us to live that second chance. It's not just about forgiveness. It's not about just adding Jesus to our lives. It's about trading our lives for his life and living. Come forth and live my life is what Jesus is saying to each and every one of us. And then Jesus says, come and follow me. It's not just about coming. It's about following him and being like him. John 7, 37, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. He's quoting Isaiah, the scriptures that we just read just a few minutes ago. Jesus is saying, I'm that guy. Come to me. Are you thirsty? Come to me. Follow me. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus called his disciples, and he didn't just call them. He said, come and follow me, Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Believer, are you following Jesus tonight? It's, it's not just that we're to come to him and kind of wait. He wants us to follow him. The Christian life, the, the Jesus walk is a walk of continual motion. We sang earlier tonight, our God is unstoppable. His kingdom is unstoppable. We're supposed to not stop. We're supposed to come and follow Jesus. And he calls everybody to that. You ever heard of a come to Jesus meeting? You familiar with that term? Normally a come to Jesus meeting, it's a, it's a, it's a secular phrase, it's a vernacular meaning, but really what it, what it means is you have the opportunity to come and change your behavior for the better. And Jesus is calling everybody in a come to Jesus moment so that we can leave the life that we had, embrace his life, and move forward as we follow him to live his life. It's based on the expected result that if you'll follow him, your life will be filled with his blessings. It's a positive development. Follow me, he says, so you can learn from me and so that you can become like me. But the Christian life doesn't work if we only come and don't follow. Does that make sense? So, so far, is there some motion that we're feeling in this thing? Jesus says, come, follow after me, be changed into my likeness, come. Jesus bids every one of us to come. Matthew 4, 18, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter and Andrew. Uh, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them and said, come, follow me. Not come worship me, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And we know that they did fish for people because we know the rest of the story. Jesus calls each and every one of us from something to something to do something. That's a part of the momentum of the Christian life. And note, by the way, we don't wait for him to come to us. We respond to his call for us to come to him. John 6, 37, everyone whom the Father gives me, Jesus said, will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will never send away. The invitation of Jesus, the abundant life that he offers, the, the great second chance life that he gives to each and every one of us, he will never turn down one single person for any reason. Come to me. I will never send anyone away. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good thing. 
I've told you before, the more you say amen, the quicker this sermon will go. So just kind of help me, help me, thank you, help me. John 6, no man can come to me except the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So Jesus bids each and every one of us to come. That's how our Christian life starts. That's the beginning of abundant life. One day, Jesus will issue the last come order that he has for us when he calls us away from this world and into the next one. Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, come. Jesus came to save his own. He came to seek and save us, but he calls us to come. And it's up to us to take the initiative, isn't it? You can't coast on the spirituality of your parents or your grandparents. Each and every one of us have to respond to that. It's up to us to come and to take the initiative. John 5, 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Don't make the mistake of looking for eternal life in the word of God. The word of God will lead you to Jesus, but we are supposed to come to Jesus and engage with Jesus. Here's why he calls us, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called the Greek means called, named, summoned, according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory." So Jesus calls each and every one of us to come. And once you come, Jesus says, go. Vamos, that's the Spanish word. So venga and then vamos. John 5, 16, you didn't choose me, Jesus said, I chose you. I appointed, I called you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew 28, 19, therefore, go. And what? Make disciples of all nations, all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given to you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. So Jesus calls us to come, and then he commands us to go. Why would he command us to go after he just called us to come? Because Jesus has a job for us to do. We're the light of the world. We are his representatives. Do you know what the, world, the word apostle means? It's from the Greek word that means sent ones. Every single one of us is an apostle. Jesus has sent us into the world to preach the gospel. So come to me and then go for me and preach the gospel to those who need to hear it. In Exodus 4.12, uh, he said to Moses, after he'd given him instructions, now go, I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. 
Jesus doesn't just call us to go. He gives us everything we need in order to accomplish the purpose that he's called us to as we go. To the blind man in Mark, uh, in Mark 10, 52, Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. You don't need to stay here anymore, go. And immediately the blind man received his sight and followed, followed Jesus along the road. When Isaiah had that great vision of Jesus and, and of the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, he heard the voice of the Lord saying to everybody who was there, but ultimately to Isaiah, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responded in the way that you and I need to respond to the call of God to go. He said, here am I, send me. And God followed it up one more time by saying, go. Jesus calls us to come, then he calls us to go. How in the world can we have a boring Christian life when we've been called to such a wonderful Savior for such a wonderful, for such a wonderful purpose and then sent to go and accomplish that purpose in this world? He sent out the apostles, the sent ones, with a go. Luke 10.3, now go and remember I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Jesus sent them out as he sends us out and reminds us this is a dangerous world, but I'm sending you and I will use you and I will speak through you and I will minister through you. I think the implication is go. It's kind of scary out there, but I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. In the application of the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, Jesus says in Luke 10, 37, the man replied when, Jesus, when, when, it, when the question of the story is, who's the one who, who was the one who loved his neighbor? They, the man replies, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, that's right. Now go and do the same thing. Be like that guy who, by the way, was a picture of Jesus. In Luke 14, Jesus tells a parable of people who were invited by um, the master to a, to a party to come to his celebration. And every single one of them had an excuse for not coming. Some of them were good excuses. Some of them were not so good excuses. And instead of just, well, okay, I guess, I guess we just won't have the party, the master is a little bit, well, he's a lot upset about people's refusal to his invitation to come. This parable is a picture of us, by the way, in case you didn't get that. And so what he says to, it's a parable, it's a picture of people who will not come to Jesus to begin with. And so the master tells his servants of those people, because of those people in Luke 20, uh, 14, the master was furious and said to his servants, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come so that my house can be full. Friends, is this church big enough yet? Do we have enough people coming to this church? Not until there is... Not until there is no person left in Lee County who hasn't heard the gospel and isn't, and isn't engaging in the work of Christ is this church ever too big or too full. I know there are people who think that, who think, oh, I don't want our church to grow, you know, I'll become a number. Listen to me. <laughs> we, we, 
we've been sent to call them and bring them in. And when, and, and when we fill the place up and we can go to the Lord and say, hey, we filled the place up, but there's still room for a few more, God says, then go and get more. That's the ongoing nature of what God has called us to do. Boring Christian life, running out of things to do? Don't think so. We've been called to come and we have been called to go. Isn't it interesting that Jesus goes and tells his servants to go so that they can bid other people to come? That's all a part of the plan of God for the church of God and for every believer. And there are a lot of other accounts in the Bible where Jesus calls people to go and do something, go and tell someone, go present yourself to the priests, go get the room ready for the Passover meal. The Christian life was never meant to be a passive one where we didn't have something to do. We should in our spiritual lives be in constant motion to bring about the glory of God and the kingdom of God. We've been graciously called so we can go and call others to come on behalf of the Savior who came to the world so that we might be able to go into eternity in his presence. It's a great plan, isn't it? So, venga. Vamos. You put those two together, and what it really says is, Come on, let's go. And I think that's the call of Jesus on this church tonight. Listen, come on, let's go. We have things to do. Jesus has invited us to come to him personally. Jesus has invited us to come and be a part of what he's doing. And Jesus then commands us to go and to bring others. It's a wonderful blessing to be able to be saved by God and used by God, and that's what he wants to do in each and every one of our lives. Tonight, Jesus is calling some of you in this room and some of you who are watching to come. You haven't taken that first step. You have not yet come to Jesus. You have not, you have not obeyed. You have not taken advantage of the wonderful things that he offers to you. And tonight, God's word to you, the word of Jesus is come, come to me. Come to me in your weariness. Come to me in your rebellion. Come to me in your lost condition. Come to me in your hopelessness. And to you, whoever you are tonight, Jesus says, come. And might I say this to maybe at least one of you in this room, Jesus might be saying, come again. Oh, you, you lived for Jesus at one time. You came to Jesus at one time, but for a while, you've been walking afar off. And Jesus says to you, come to me. Anybody who comes to me, I will not cast out. So tonight, if he's calling you, come. And then others of us tonight who've heard and responded to the invitation to come, we need to hear the companion message that goes along with that. And that is, go, go, go and serve. Go and give, go and rescue, go and help, go and feed, go and pray, go and heal. The call of Jesus in our life doesn't stop. I know we have a lot of people who are, who are retired. This is Florida, but God's not done with you yet. You have not done your time. God has so many more wonderful things for you to do. And tonight, for all of those who have answered the call to come, God renews his call to each and every one of us to go.
Will you bow your heads with me tonight? For the one or ones who have yet to answer the call to come, the Bible says if you believe that Jesus is God's son, that he raised him from the dead, and you'll confess him as Lord with your mouth, you'll be saved. All you have to do is believe. Would you take a moment right now in your heart, right there, right where you are, and invite Jesus not only to forgive you, but to bring you into his wonderful family, and, to, to, and as you answer the call of his to come, he will bless you, he will forgive you, he will use you and set you on high. For those of you who are in this room tonight who need the answer, who need to answer the call to go, I'm praying that right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit will quicken to you, to your heart and to your mind, exactly what it is that he wants you to do, exactly where it is that he wants you to go. And I ask you in his name to obediently follow and do what he calls each and every one of us to do. Pray with me, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you came for the express purpose of calling us out of this world and into the life, the abundant life that you have for us, a life away from what seem like the pleasures of sin, but which are really the damaging effects of sin. And you came to free us from all of that, but not to give us boring lives, sitting and playing harps in heaven one day, but rather to have an exciting, wonderful walk with you to become like Jesus and in becoming like Jesus to go into the world that Jesus came to save. God, may each of us, as we listen to your voice tonight, obey and respond positively. Lord, I believe that as we do that, right here, Faith Assembly, North Fort Myers, you will do even greater things in our church in Lee County, in Florida, and in this country than you have ever done before. Lord, help us to know what to do and to do it as we answer your call to come and then to go. Send us forth to do great things, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.